back themselves after our guys put a beat down on them earlier this year. And Golden State. Right to the hole. He ties the game at 98. has got 20 to lead the way for the Spurs. Got to make him make that chop at the outside. Welcome to Views from the Clutch. I go by the name of Smart Alex. I'm here with my brother from another. See, Grant, what's good? And we are back with a NBA Finals edition of Views from the Clutch in the kitchen. As always, we'd like to say thank you to our supporters, listeners, and subscribers. If you would like to join us, you can do so by following us on any of the, spot, the podcasting platforms we're hosted on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating if you have the opportunity to do so. Much appreciated. You can reach us via email at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. Tag us on social media at viewsfromtheclutch on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Woo! Been a while. Been a while. We kind of let the playoffs linger. We hope everybody is doing well and safe. You and yours are doing well over there. Um, Zion broke his toe on Friday. That was Oh, that wow. Was good. Yeah, yeah. So that's his first broken bone. But it was like a mild fracture. He good. He good. Oh, that's but, what's up, then. Yeah, he'll, he'll bounce back. I mean, his summer is, you know, he's not going to go to summer school. I'm going to keep him home, which is probably a blessing to him because you know what it is. You know mm. how, how much we love going to summer school. But anyway, exactly. so, you know, he's chilling. But um, with that being said, all is well. You know, can't complain. No, no. Um, you know what I mean? I got another granddaughter on the way. I don't know if I. Like, oh, congratulations. Congrats. Yeah, well, congrats. not another granddaughter. I have my first granddaughter on the way. So. Oh, grandchild, yeah. though. No. I'm a three-time. I'm a two-time grandfather. I got two grandkids already, Daniel and um. Oh, Levi. dang! You ain't playing. Yeah, I'm not playing. It's not me who's playing. It's my daughter. My daughter, <laughs> she producing. I'm just saying. So, yeah, you know, big time shout out to, to to Kaya and Daniel. I think Daniel actually listened to the podcast. He told me he's quite. Oh, what's up? So, oh, no doubt. If he happens to catch this one, you know, congratulations, young man. Congratulations, young. I love my son-in-law. But back to it though. So, game two of the finals just completed recently. Um, the series is tied at one-one. Um, do I get to pat myself on the back? Because who was the one who was talking about Denver all year? No, you've been right. You've been right. You can't complain. You have been extremely consistent with um, your pick in Denver, even at the expense of your favorite team. Um, <laughs> that hurt, know. but it's true. Denver yeah. just got it, and you could see it back in the bubble. And it's funny that their opponent is a team that you could also see it back in the bubble. Remember back then in the bubble, and I was talking about Jimmy Butler's a psychopath. You used to trip on me like, yo, come on, man, don't call him. Is, is he not a psychopath? You have to be mm-hmm. a certain level of, and I hate to use these like words because they have negative connotations, but just think about it from a basketball perspective when I say this, everybody. You have to be a demon at, at some level to be able to influence your team to take them to these type of heights. So I don't want to, I don't want to, undersell the talent that's on the Miami Heat roster and say, oh, well, you got a whole bunch of, you know, undrafted and second rounds and all this. And to play in the NBA is a privilege and an honor. To be amongst those 450 people that play in the NBA every season, it's a gift and it's a testament to a lot of different things. Some people get lucky. Some people got to put in the hard work. Some people are just born with it. It's all those things mixed into one, but it's only 450 jobs and we're in a planet of billions. Mm, Yeah, facts. So, so I want to make sure that first and foremost, before we go ahead and like knock these guys down a peg by talking about what position they were in the draft, we also need to show them their flowers for being able to get there. Cause you and oh, I both, for sure. you and I both as people who grew up playing this game and seeing the ascensions that you could take by playing basketball on different levels. We know how hard it is. We watched the pro scrimmage. We got to scrimmage with some of the pros. So it's a different level. So these Miami heat guys, the Gabe Vincent, the 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 Max Struess. Yeah. The Duncan the, Robinsons. The Duncan Robinsons. Yeah. You know, I kind of, I mean, here, here's the thing. Duncan Robinson went to a pedigree school. So it's kind of like when those guys get missed, I always blame scouts. Because those guys are on TV. 
But Duncan Robinson did a lot of rewiring to who he was to make himself what he is now. Because he wasn't that guy when he went to Michigan. Gabe Vincent was always a scorer when he was at what? Uh, I think he went to Santa Clara? That part I don't remember. I believe he went to Santa Clara or something along the way. He went to a West Coast school, but not one of the, the big name ones. And um, I don't know where Max Struess is from. I, I haven't done the research to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, I say all that to say, is this really that much different from the plug-and-play-ass team that Jimmy Butler brought to the finals in the bubble? Sure. It's pretty much the same people. Who? Who? Is, nah, I mean, Gabe Vincent was on that team. He went to the finals with them before. No, I'm saying it's, it's pretty much, pretty much. Not saying it's, it's the exact. same conceptual team, except I think Tyler Hero was. Tyler was, Hero was, was there. He, well, was, he was healthy. healthy yes, was Duncan healthy. Robinson was healthy, I believe. Uh, Bam was there. We know that. Bam was there. Jimmy was there. Uh, who was Jimmy the point was guard? there. Because it wasn't it wasn't um, Kyle Lowry. He wasn't a part of the team then. You get what I'm trying to say? Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. here we are. We talk about a team that played in the finals and lost, and we can't name their starting five. Why? Because they play for Miami. That's what Miami does. They are literally a brand. They are the name on their jersey. If ever, you know how like mm-hmm. prime Cincinnati, the, the the Bob Huggins Cincinnati era, the uh, Kenyon Martin and that crew, like. It was a time where that logo just that meant it all. That's what the Miami Heat are. They have a brand of basketball. Yeah, I and, wouldn't doubt it. And, and it's amazing because Jimmy Butler is not the greatest scorer, not the greatest defender. He's not the greatest. You, there's not one category you're gonna pick where you say, "Oh, other than <laughs> he's really good at not losing, man." He's also really good as at, at impo- imposing his will in certain moments, because again, he don't have a boom bat, none of that crazy handle, but he just gets to his spots, and he's very confident. And that's one thing I can I can never shy away from Jimmy is his level of confidence. And yeah. I think that's the but that's the thing about NBA players is what separates people is that level of confidence. I don't. I to the point where the people say they're wired differently because he's wired to the point believing, yo, there's no one better than me, and I'm gonna do whatever I can, especially with whoever's guarding me. I'm going to show that, and that's what he's been doing every that pretty much every playoff series he has been showcasing his for the most part. There have been some games where he's definitely, all right, Jimmy, just you know, that's why you need another person to step up. But again, he's he's been getting that. But overall, he's definitely been imposing his will. And, and have, really... have the Miami Heat and the Lakers unlocked something by being really good late in the season? Do you think that that helped with the way? Wait, why why are you putting the Lakers in? What? Nobody was talking about the Lakers. Yo, we just had to do that real quick. I had to test test your sharpness. But anyway, back to my point. Do you think, though, that Miami has kind of figured something out? Excuse me, Dad. When am I going to take my shower? Yeah, no, I think Miami – say what you're going to say again. I think – Do you think Miami has figured out how to handle the regular season? Because there's no – Miami's been to the finals, what? Twice in three years. Twice remember last, last year and they, they went to the, Eastern, the conference, conference Eastern Conference Finals. So they've gone no further, they've gone no less than the Conference Finals for the past three years. And none of those years, I think last year they had a really good record, right? Last year was the year that they had like they were like a you know a conference, like they were like top two or three in a conference type of record. We'll, we'll pull it up, or somebody will fact check me. Point is, they do it with whatever version of their roster they have. They're playing in the summer. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot because we talk so much about habits and this, that, and the third. People say winning is a habit. The Miami Heat didn't win a lot of games this year. Mm-mm. Remember, they, they were, they, they lost. They, they were lost. on the verge of a KO punch in the yeah. playing. They exactly. lost Atlanta in the first play or the playing game. Yep. And then they came back and they were down to Chicago. I think in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I know it was the second half. I don't know if it was the fourth quarter. Yeah, but. They, so, you know, this concept that we used to always have, remember, oh, if you can't do that, what you do in the NCAA and in, in the NBA, the structure won't allow it. The teams are too good. 
This is an yeah. ultimate Cinderella run. But again, is it? Can you say it's the ultimate? Because it's like, uh, is you, you honestly, see how it puts you in a you see how it puts you in a catch twenty two? Because like you have to acknowledge the fact that they were a, a no, playing of course. team, but then at the same time, you know the caliber of that franchise. Yeah. So you you give them flowers, but you don't give them the deluxe package. Nah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's tough. That that's the culture. That that's the Miami Heat. That again, that's the name on the front of their jersey. Uh, everything about them, like Miami Heat. As long as they have that front office structure, because again, things change over time. If you have to go against them, you better be ready to play. Yeah, and it doesn't. And, and and I'm when I'm saying that, I mean when it's time for the bag, when it's time to play for the bag. That mode that that whole entire franchise goes into, like mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference is their playground. We've been talking about oh, what's going to happen to Boston, and but the Jimmy Butler era is a real thing. He's been with the Heat what four years, three yeah. years, yeah, four, 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 four. I think he came the year before the bubble. So this will be his fourth year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's been yeah, the no, conference he... final three years in a row. Like and and remember mm-hmm. how you know other players get dragged for only getting that far, but a guy like Jimmy Butler, who we know doesn't come with superstar teammates, he gets it done. This is a guy who don't even like playing in an All Star game. Exactly, and but that's a multiple time All Star. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not even like he made it once and I just don't like playing. No, I'm consistently there. I just don't play when I'm there. But again, that's but that's his game. His game, when you watch him play, it's not like, oh, it's just fun. This looks like it should be an all-star. He's you know athletic. I mean? He can dunk. Like yeah, when Jimmy on. decides when Jimmy decides he wants to throw it down, he's got some he's got some nasty to him. He don't yeah, really go. He's he not windmailing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course not. Of course. So that's what I'm saying. So yes, yes, can Jimmy dunk? Yes. But that's also saying. This is a good. This is a extremely eighty percent of the league. You know, okay, okay, I, I, okay. I, so let's be fair. Jimmy Butler could dunk, but like, if you had no to finesse out, to it. If you no, if you had to give him a level of like five star as far as as, as how, how many helmets he'll give out, he's probably a two and a half three star helmet. Jason Tatum, guys of that cloth, those, those are like your fives. Donovan Mitchell, you know, they're mm-hmm. gonna punch it on you. Jalen Green. Like his last hour. Yeah, like, no, nah, of course. Versus them is a bad look for you. You know what I'm saying? He's not in that category, but him and Bam are right in that category, right beneath it, right beneath it. So they and they like to go after the rim, and I like that. That's how they're attacking, and how they chose to adjust to attack Denver in Game Two. Yes, yeah, because they. They they were making Denver play at a faster pace than they used to, more of a faster half court pace than they used to. And, was, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of multiple action offense where yes everybody on Denver has to be connected. But the whole point is it was for them to probe, get inside, make you overreact so that their shooters had much better looks. I mean, they had good looks in game one, but the looks that they were getting in game two. Because I think they went, uh, they went five hundred almost. They went like something like fifteen for thirty-one from three, in game two. And that's really the tale of it. That and them decided to allow Kevin Love those minutes that he played. Mm-hmm. I thought that he would be a plus on the floor, but it turns out that he was something like a plus twenty-four. And they were a minus big time with him. Whatever, whatever. The, if you add the difference of what they won by to mm-hmm. him off the floor, that's the number. But he was like a plus twenty-four. But remember, he didn't play the whole fourth quarter. Yeah. Which is crazy. And that just, again, goes to, like, and then this Miami Heat zone thing that they're doing. You know, it, it works against the teams where you figure, you know, like Jason Tatum only played one year of college basketball. Marcus Smart played in the Big 12. You know, a lot of these guys and their exposure to zone, it's not what it was. Because, one, they don't go to college, and two, you know, you don't get exposed to it much in the NBA. So there is a level of, bro, what do we do out here? And you've seen every team Miami throw it at, they have those teams have those moments. 
And every time you try to adjust, they counter it. So the first time they ran the zone, my Denver was getting their pressure release off by bringing somebody to the middle of the floor. So somebody comes to the middle of the floor and then that's when he makes the zone collapse because now everybody's worried about the ball being in the middle. And you can kind of like with, with Jokic, he could see over it and make the right pass. So when they were beating the zone, that's what they were doing. But then they made adjustment in the zone and they brought somebody up to front the middle of the paint to take away that pass. Mm-hmm. And you just see Denver's constantly got to think. And that's the greatness of Eric Spolstra. I may not be able to out-athlete you, out-talent you, out-MVP you, out-style mm-hmm. you. Yep. But I will outthink you. Exactly. And I will make your players think at a level that will be a detriment to their performance. And that's what he did. Yeah. That's what he did. It's like, it's like a, a poison dart that don't kill you, but it slowly wounds you over time so that when the time comes when you need your maximum energy, you don't got it. Facts. Because Denver was right there that whole second game, that, that, that whole second part of the game. Because I think Denver went up 15 in the second quarter. But then when Miami swung, it was kind of like they were a boxer keeping a guy from charging them before the, you know, before the bell. Mm-hmm. That's all really Miami did was hold them off. But again, that's all they needed to. Agreed. You know what I mean? So we didn't get a chance to like do finals predictions or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you kind of—it's it's kind of established that you know I was expecting Denver to be there. So Denver being there, I do kind of pick them by default. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the idea of picking against Miami, considering Miami's won under every type of circumstance. You need to win to prove that you shouldn't be bet against. Exactly. They've done it already. Yeah, multiple times. So even calling up the bookie and saying, "What's the odds on Miami losing?" You gonna get some? You gonna catch a flat tire? Come, come on, bro. You just have to look at where their favor is right now. The sun is shining. Okay, they may not win, but this was the same situation in the bubble. Like, this team, when they talk about squeezing the juice out the headphones, this is the definition of that. So, the fact that they're even able to slow Denver down, considering how much of a juggernaut Denver has looked like in these playoffs, is astounding to me. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Crazy. I don't know. I don't know if they can hold the water three more times, though. I mean, but the thing about what's going on is we've never seen so far in this playoffs where Denver didn't jump out. They didn't. They never split the series so far. Every Denver was undefeated at home. They were exactly at home until so, this game. And then now, so yeah, now everything. Only, the dynamic is different. The dynamic is different. But also now you're going to South Beach. It's a lot more distractions than Denver. Denver has a high altitude, but Miami's got a certain thing. Can we can that... we go, can we go ahead and just talk about the the unspoken elephant in the room and the fact that Denver and Miami have had beef before this? Oh yeah yeah yeah. So but this whole play but yeah these two this this energy is going to be something special in Miami because I need to see the Jokic brothers comfortable in the stands in Miami. Oh, I I think that will happen. But oh, they'll I, be there. They'll, they'll be, be there, there, but they won't yeah. be. But but they won't be doing how they was acting in Los Angeles. You saw how disrespectful they got in Los Angeles. Well, that's different. It's a different team. It's a different mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see if they got that. I want to see if they got that Laker energy when they go when they when they got to go to South Beach. Watch your mouth. Watch well, your not mouth. just that. Not just that though. But Watch you're your going mouth. you're going up against an opponent now who believes they can win, and that has shown you they can win. So you haven't shown you could beat us at home. So as the road team, as the I underdog, feel I feel you. I feel you. So they just they were they were just talking racks on racks on racks. Well, then, they, I don't remember them getting spicy against Phoenix like that. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, but that's my point. Nobody they, gets spicy to talk against Minnesota. You know, Minnesota is a different energy. Yeah, you but, just you're not going to do that because you're wasting your energy. You know, um, but the thing about it is, you want to see, you want to see what happens in Miami because you got two games now. In South Beach, and you have a team who was a, was the big bully coming in. They don't look like the big bully now because now you got a team full of underdogs. Is and a lot of times with these underdog stories, is all they need is that glimmer of hope, and that's all. They, that's that's what you gave them by you winning by, by Miami winning game two. They have now had the confidence. Now they could go home where a lot of these role players play, tend to play better. You know throughout. The history of role players they tend to play better at home. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Denver's role players. 
Will they train? Will they? Will they travel? Will if you got Jokic and you got Jamal Murray, but is Michael Porter Jr. going to step up and help? Is KCP going to be knocking down certain shots that might not be available or might not be super comfortable on the road like they were at home? So we have to see where Miami now comes in again. They're still the underdogs. You know, they still have that underdog mentality. Let's see what happens. The pressure is the pressure is really on Denver because nobody expects Miami overall to win this. But now Miami's got that share of confidence. Is like, well, we us in the locker room. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a debate whatsoever that the pressure is on Denver to win. I I, I back you up on that 110. percent I wholeheartedly agree with you. You don't. They 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 built up too much to get this far. And not come away. Because let's just be real about something. This team is good, but is this start of an era good that you're watching with, with, with Denver? I mean, they got the, they have the young pieces. They have two, three, three. I mean, you Murray, have Jokic and, and Porter Jr. That's yeah. not going to be enough to repeatedly win the West. No, but again, you now, if, if they win a title, that's going to open the door for certain veterans or certain up-and-coming players to look like... Denver has to win now because next year is not guaranteed and I don't well, think... And they don't they have the culture be, of Miami. I don't think they will be good enough or dominant enough because that's what, that's what leads to an error. There, it's, the thing is now with errors, a lot of your peak is getting to the peak and you max out at a championship. Golden State was lucky in that they were one of the last few teams to, you know, almost build their way into a championship and still be young enough to be dominant in their prime. Jokic is what, 26, 27? Yeah, but he's also super young. Correct. Uh, I, I think, but also again, a Denver's been at the top MVP. of the West. Right, but Denver's been at the top of the West for like the past, just like Miami. The past four years, Denver's been in a conversation of the top four teams in the West. Mm-hmm. This is just the time they were able to finally get to the finals. Remember, two years ago, they lost in the bubble or whatever it was. Three years ago, they lost in the bubble to, to the Lakers to go to the finals. So they've not been yeah. far from championship contention. The only thing that really slowed them down was Jamal Murray getting hurt. Exactly. If Jamal Murray doesn't get hurt, they probably have already – they've probably been back to the finals or never – or well, they beat the Lakers. They lose to the Lakers with Jamal Murray. But after that, they probably go to the finals every year after so two years in a row, they would have been back in the so, finals. I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know for say because they would have to Golden State. They would have had to be Phoenix. They would have had to be Phoenix, and they didn't beat, and they didn't beat Golden State with a version of themselves that was was incomplete. So yeah, again, but we'll, we'll never know. Obviously, agree. Okay, you know what I mean? Because again, Denver. like I said, that that Denver, this Denver team right here, um, could they do? Could they repeat? I mean, the thing about it is, like you said, but you also mentioned. Denver's been consistently a top, a top team. So it's mm-hmm. not like it would be far fetched to see them as a top team again. They're going to be a top team. They're contenders. They're They're be a top contenders. four. They'll be a top four team. How about that? That that, that part's not going to stop. But them being them being a championship caliber team, this is their year. You don't get as far as they've got. You know why I say that? Because look at the consequence. Look at what happened in Phoenix. Look at what happened in Boston. There's a malaise that happens to you when you get to the bag and don't win it, and your team is not perfect. Your culture is not perfect. Your roster is not perfect. It's not impervious to – because remember, Boston wasn't a bad team this year. They just weren't good enough. Yeah, but we, we, we saw we saw the writing on the wall with Boston because we kept But I never saying, felt that they were a championship caliber team when they got to the finals. I told you that the holes that they had in their team like, – yeah. again – they played above their head, and they had a level of defense that was historic. They chose not to keep that culture going this year with, with how they invested in defense, and it come back to bite them. Mm-hmm. They weren't that lock-it-down team that they once were a year ago. That's what propelled them. And I think that Missoula is going to have to get them back to that if he can hope to have a version of that roster that's still competitive with what they have on the horizon for them. But back to Denver. I think you, you're looking at a team that's going to have some of the same complications that the NBA has built in to make winning with money not the way. There's so many deterrents that they've put in place 
with how they're constructing the salary cap and how you can pay players that they're really trying to make it difficult with, with like the double limit cap that they have now, mm-hmm. where basically if you, if you push, I think what it's called something like the ceiling, you essentially immediately go into luxury tax territory and it's like not dollar for dollar, but it's like dollar and a half. Mm. There's only certain franchises that can shoulder that. Like, you know, Lakeup has said he's still going to do it, but remember, he's made billions off of the off of the Golden State situation. You know, yeah. Milwaukee didn't all of a sudden become a billionaire worth franchise because Giannis won at one time. So you still have to be able to pay players, and when you mm-hmm. have your team young and you have a core, and you get a title early, that helps you decide how to how to properly you know maintain the franchise. Like, all right, well, I know we got to keep these guys. You know, KCP got kept. Let's let's not forget that. KCP got kept. He won a ring in LA, came back the year after. He fizzled out in that Phoenix series and they let they moved on. But I said it and I'll say it now. He's a championship two guard. When you've played and won and played well for the bag, there's odds are that you could do it again. So mm-hmm. I got faith in Denver being able to travel. I don't think that's going to be the issue. They're going to be able to withstand punches and and, and put on a, a good fight and hopefully get one of those games back because now it looks like a seven-game series. It looks like this is going to be couch, you know, punch, counterpunch every game because what Mike Malone did was he like, we're going to go outside and we're going to play our level of basketball. That was game one. It won us the game. We're going to exploit the things that we know we have easy, easy issues with exploiting. They play all of the correct buttons. In game one, Aaron Gordon ate like a dog because Miami kept switching smalls onto him. And he was looking like Anthony Davis used to when Anthony Davis used to take off running and post up mm-hmm. that first guy back. Aaron Gordon was doing that every time Miami switched to pick and roll. And the reason why it was working is because Miami was essentially playing Bam out of bio and four guards. So if you get Jimmy off of Aaron Gordon, you don't have anybody who can guard him. So what was the counterpunch? Spolstra inserts Kevin Love into the game. So now you have two bigs. So when you run that screen action, Kevin Love, he's not the greatest defender in the world, but Kevin Love has been a part of some of the greatest defensive plays in recent memory. Remember, he was the one who almost died to Steph Curry when Steph Curry missed that shot. People forget that. It was Kevin Love playing defense on, on, on Steph Curry for the bag in the finals. So those players that have been in those moments, they show up. They show up. So I, I, I think if I, had to, if I had to call it now, knowing that the game is tomorrow and this is going up and this is probably going to be available the, the night of the game for everybody to listen to, I think Denver loses game three. I think they lose game three. If they lose game three, that's going to be very interesting to see if they can go ahead and get back on a winning, the winning ways. Because, again, they've never been. But do you feel that situation. same way? In, do you feel that same way for Miami? Like, so you're saying basically Miami. I feel like Miami's playing with house money the whole exactly. series. I do. I do. I do that. The whole series. Because who, who besides the plays in the locker room? Really believe now. Granted, every win you start thinking, "Ooh, wait a minute," but you're still like, mm, "I don't know." They win again. You're like, "Ooh," but they don't have to do that because why? Because they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, but they don't play the for finals. Eastern Conference. Jimmy Butler is the same one that did not want the Eastern Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals MVP trophy. He said, "No, nah, I want, I want the other one, the one that one that's in the next round." Because he didn't actually earn the Eastern Conference Finals Trophy MVP. That belongs to Caleb Martin. Yeah, but that's that's up for debate, right? <laughs> it's not up for debate. We know they gave it to Jimmy, but we all know, and even Jimmy knew that was that's, that's Caleb's trophy. And, and, if that's you don't, and if you don't buy, if you don't get a replica made and, and, and give and give give Caleb Martin, you know what I mean? Something to yeah, acknowledge. Just, yeah, just keep just keep it in his grip. You know, hold it down for me until I come back for it. Hmm. You know. Yeah, but I again, that. I respect it. You know what I mean? But again, the biggest thing is nobody's expects because even if oh, let's just say Miami wins the championship, nobody expects them to do it again. You know what I mean? But except people in Miami, Miami ex- fans do. Except for that locker room. Miami fans do. 
Well, you can't tell me. I wouldn't say Yo, Miami Heat fans. fans, are, yes, fans they, are, Heat fans, Heat fans believe that if they're allowed on the court, they they supposed to win. I, listen. listen, and they're they all over the country. Listen, I got my boy Sinfleet from Far Rock, one of my brothers from another. The way he be on it about his Miami Heat time, they believe. And the way I see them online in the group, Heat Nation, hey, you suit up. We supposed to win. Losing, losing, losing is not what we here for. No matter how they team built. Now, of course, do they fall back when they lose and say, well, look at our team? Of course they do. It's a built-in excuse. I use it too. <laughs> you got to have something to fall back on when your team needs to be able to explain why they lost, but Heat fans want to win. They want to win. And that's why they was on Kyle Lowry like that. Like, yo, we can't win with you starting, bro. Nah, you gotta do something else. And when they and when the Heat couldn't trade him <laughs> or wouldn't trade him, because that's what it looks like now, the Heat wouldn't trade him. Yeah. They 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 was down for, you know, that is a very strong. I think I don't wanna, you know, put them on the level of of like, you know. The legacy franchises, but their fans have legacy franchise behavior and how they, you know, Boston fans are like that too. They sick right now. We know Boston fans are sick right oh, now. Oh no, some of them you still got to check on, but they're like Laker fans right now. They don't want to watch the game. They're really kind of concerned about what's going to be next going on for the next yeah, couple you know, years. Yeah, kind of like but, how Knicks fans are. Nah, well, look, Knicks fans have not been a winning franchise. Knicks it's fans different. watching YouTube highlights. Y'all still reminiscing because, you know. Listen, 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 listen. And ain't nothing listen. wrong with that. I would be watching Jalen Brunson highlights too. Listen, no, like let's, still let's not even, but let's not even go there because, listen, the, 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 it's easy because the Lakers have potential Hall of Famers who are contemplating retirement because of the output they put into the point where they don't want to, they don't want to be seen. They, they, they're no longer on social media. They're everywhere else. But, and you talking about Bron? Bron just Bron just dropped a commercial. And as you know, com- oh, also commercials can't be filmed prior. Of course, it was filmed exactly. prior. Exactly. What, what do you need? What do you need to talk to them about currently? Your what next do you move. Need to talk to them about. Well, no matter of fact, the, the, now now this now it's on. There's a there's a potential that what you say? Oh, the Bron Kyrie's leave? petitioning to to go to the, Kyrie's petitioning to have Bron come to Dallas. Hey, you know what? This is something that I wanted to get your opinion on. I saw it on the um, Gilbert Arenas has a uh, a podcast. Yeah. It, Gilbert Arenas, the, the Gil Show is is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout so, out to the the Gil Show. Shout out to Paul George's podcast. Shout out to JJ Reddick. Shout out to all of all of the players out there that that, that are doing quality basketball podcasts. I I I, I consume them. I'm a okay, fan, so. so what I'm getting at is I heard them mention it. I think it was Brandon Jennings that said, "Is it possible for LeBron to get his jersey retired?" And the Lakers uniform. Could the Lakers hold his, um, have his jersey hanging in the Raptors once he, and his Lakers tenure? The some of the people on the cat on the podcast say yes. Gilbert was like no because he felt like all you did was yes you got the scoring title as a Laker uniform. You got probably about five thousand or six thousand points. He got one ring. Lakers to the average fan, they might think that, but to the Lakers uh core fan base, they're gonna feel like that's he didn't do enough. But in your opinion, as a LeBron fan and as a whoa, whoa, Laker, whoa, 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 whoa. why are you doing that? I'm a LeBron fan thing. Like you're not a LeBron wait, you're not a LeBron fan? I'm a basketball fan. I respect that man's talent. Oh, like I respect so, anyone wait. else's. I'm not see, a LeBron. See, like, see that's the LeBron. see, you know what? Fraud alert, fraud alert. That's that's the the thing going off. It's going off of what you're saying right now. It doesn't believe you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to do to turn that off either because usually I don't fry much. But yo, see, it's gonna calm down. That's exactly what happens when when this when it hears you lying about something. You are a LeBron Uh, fan and a Lakers fan, and you try to deny it, and that's why the alarm's going off. No. Yes, it was perfect timing. Why did it? Why did this go off? Because all I of a sudden, grease, when I you said on my on my stove top. No, nah, see, you blaming everything cooking. else with the truth. I bet you'll go no, off if you start telling the truth. It's gonna start so going off once you start telling the truth. Watch, <laughs> nah. I guarantee you, 
you trying to play. And I'm gonna leave this in the podcast so people understand. Yeah, you are serious about this is, this is amazing. If y'all can endure this in your headphones, listen. Just tell the truth. You are a LeBron James fan. Laker fan first, but you are a fan of LeBron James. It's okay. Right. I'm a Laker fan first. The LeBron James fandom? No. I didn't no. say fandom. I said no, fan. No, I'm not a LeBron James fan. Oh, Lord. See, that's why I'm still going off. Just tell the truth. Like, I, I Just I tell us the truth, man. Come on. No. I'm not gonna sit it's not going to stop. Listen, you don't understand. Just tell the truth. See? See? I'm not it's a gonna go James off fan. once more time. Okay, okay, I'm not a LeBron James fan. Stop I'm saying that. I'm not a LeBron James fan. Um, if it goes off again, all right, exactly. Like you said, Yo. this is in the podcast, right? It was all entertaining until the truth, until the truth set me free. Now it's not the truth. <laughs> What's not the truth? The thing ran out of battery, went off so many times. Wow. So listen, either wow. way. So again, answer. The, so the question was posed as far so, as the retiring. Here's my here's my take on. If LeBron James deserves to be deserved to have his number retired as a Laker, my answer is no, and it's primarily petty. What number are you going to retire for this man? He played in twenty three and won a title, and then played in six. Mm-hmm. And he got the NBA on, scoring man. title in six, right? And that would be the number you would need to retire because twenty three is technically retired by the league. You know that, right? Michael Jordan's mm-hmm. number's retired by everybody in the league, right? Like, there ain't no New York Knicks that's going to come up wearing number 23. What do you mean? Like, he's one of those. His number Wait, is Mitch... retired by the league. No, his number's not retired by the league. Jordan number not retired by the league? No, it just, no, matter of fact, it just, no, it just happened. There's certain There's franchises it, that did it. There's certain franchises. Franchises that's, that's, that's did it. Because I'm about to say, because I'm like, Mitchell, Mitchell my Robinson my for the Knicks was 23. Yeah, what a disgrace to that number! Wow, I mean, yo, he I mean, only yo, thing he got in common with Michael Jordan is he jump high. Yo, you wow, yo, you wow. I mean, shout out to Mitchell Robinson, he's yo, amazing, yo, he's amazing yo, defensive yo, center. Yo, wow, yeah, but it's like, yo, come on, bro, like, sir, like, that's why I respect Donovan Mitchell because Donovan Mitchell grew up seeing everybody wanted to wear 23, and he said, you know what, I want to honor Jordan, but I'm gonna do it different, I'm gonna wear his back to baseball number, and he rocked 45. And he stand alone. And it's dope. I'd really like to have Mitchell Robinson explain to us what made him decide he wanted to wear 23. Because you know that number. You know what it stands for. You know what it means. And you know you play center. And the next time we see you shoot, shoot a jump hook might be the first time. So listen, why you got that number? Okay, Mitchell let's Robinson? let's get let's Relax, get back. Bro. Listen, yo, first yeah, of all, you did it. let's you let's did it. congratulate Monty Williams. For becoming the highest paid uh, NBA coach, coach taking in, on in the um, in history, taking on a six man uh, roster spot for the Pistons because he's definitely getting paid like a six man. Um, paid like a six man. He getting paid. He's getting paid like he just entered his first team All NBA. He has mm-hmm. a contract that has the potential for him to earn up to hundred million dollars. I don't. That's never happened for a coach ever, ever, mm. ever. Facts. Big facts. Ever. And, and so they can say what they want. Even we can, because we was the ones who told y'all. Phoenix ain't built like that. Told you. And we turned out to be right. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be right. And we're not and, apologetically right either. We, we just dead ass. That's what it was. Phoenix ain't yeah. built. And I don't want to blame but that Phoenix, on Monty Williams. But Phoenix, but Phoenix has replaced him with a championship coach. You know, who won a championship with the Lakers. Frank Vogel is now Phoenix's head coach. That is the funniest thing. I mean, he is a champion, and it's for your team. Correct. Shout out to you, Frank Vogel. Congratulations on on getting yourself back into, you know, the NBA coaching circle. I'm pretty sure you had some Lakers money that you were still collecting because they fired you. So that means you probably probably still had some money. He's probably double dipping. Because Monty, Monty, it's not double dipping. We need to make that distinction about how coaches benefit from being terminated. So here's what's going to happen with Monty Williams because he's got a deal where I think he averages something like 21 million or 14, correction. It's like 14 million that he's averaging annually for this deal. 
because it's like 60 or 72 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it has the potential with the incentive to spike to the 100 that I spoke on. So anyway, okay. to get back to it, to, to make it make sense. Um, Monty Williams is also a former employee of the Phoenix Suns. And he had three years and under $21 million, which is about $7 million a year left. So Phoenix still is going to be paying him for those three years, $7 million each. And Detroit covers the difference of the salary they gave him, which is $14 million, for the first three years of that deal. Mm. So, yeah, you signed him for six years, 72 million, but there were reports when it first happened that Monty Williams declined Detroit trying to come after him. So this was something where they had to go back to the drawing board and make a new offer. And that's why we see him getting this, you know, basically a coaching supermax. That's what we'll call it, the coaching supermax. So shout out to Monty Williams for getting the coaching supermax. You know what I mean? Especially as an African-American, a brother of color in, in, a, in an industry dominated by athletes of color, but the money don't always seem to, and benefits and all those things don't always seem to play our way. Shout out to you, man. Shout out to you. And he's been through a lot as a man, as a person, as a coach. Mm-hmm. So, oh, facts. Now, we always root for him. Once a Nick, always a Nick. That part, too. That part, too. And he's a Notre Dame guy. Mm-hmm. I think. Did he look at Notre Dame? Yeah, he was in Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my daughter is a Notre Dame grad, so, you know. Oh, facts. There we go. Big time respect for the alumni. Um, Yeah. Um, I don't know what his impact is going to be there. Detroit's got, like, 17 power forwards. So Yeah. And they also have some brilliant young guards to sort out. I like Jaden Ivey. I like... uh, Kay Cunningham? What's his name? Kay. I like Kay Cunningham. And I like... um, I even like the French kid. Oh, uh, so, um, Killian Kill, 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 Kill Hayes. Killian Hayes. Yeah, he's a lefty. I like him. I like yeah. him. I think, I think they have, mm-hmm. and then, and then they're forwards. Oh, uh, so don't lying. tell me. Uh, yeah. Lying, huh? Yo, you said it, man. What are you lying about now? You say you like him. You like these, you like these players nah, on this I like, team. I like, I like the young, I like the young talent that they have. I just have no idea what they could possibly do with them. None. I mean, you never know. I mean, I didn't, we didn't think – well, I mean, Chris Paul's addition helped Phoenix tremendously, but they're probably trying to tell you about your uh, LeBron James hate alarm. Hate alarm. Yeah, I'm not a fan of LeBron James. Jesus, stop. It's now going – now it's like sounding like a second alarm's going off. Y'all just say you like LeBron James, man. Open up the windows like and say you like LeBron James. I love LeBron James as the Los Angeles Lakers. I want him to continue being a Los Angeles Lakers until he retires. Yeah. Okay, hold on. It's slowing down. But was I, but was I a transcendent fan of his? Like, Come on, don't even say... Just say, just say something positive. Continue to say positive so we can get this alarm thing to go off. It's crazy. This is why you can't hate on LeBron James, Laker fans. Who is hating on LeBron James? You just what said you, you don't like LeBron James. No, I said I'm not a LeBron James fan. How can you turn? I'm not a LeBron That's James That's the same fan thing. I don't like him. No, it's not the same thing. See? See? That's why we still got racism in this world. Because of people like you saying stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's the same thing. Awesome. Same thing. That's Those, your alarm was go, went off when you first just talking bad, talking bad about the Bronx. So, I see. Smoke on my yo for real, man. You want smoke? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, see, Detroit basketball. <laughs> 
Yeah. So back to the finals, though. Uh, so you got, I got Miami winning game three. What What do you think is going to happen in game three? If If Miami wins, uh, games, you go with the prerequisites, man. No, I'm still gonna win the game, bro. I I got. I I'll, I'll just go with the opposite. You go with Denver. I'll go with Denver because I feel okay. like if Denver's down two one, I don't see them. I don't see them putting it together. No, we're really going to see how um, good Michael Malone is a coach. If they can come back from two to one, yeah, because because this is the first time they're going to be hitting some real adversity. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is for everything well, too. Was Phoenix saying, up on them at any point? No, not even one zip. Because they went to six, right? Yeah, but. This was different. That means Phoenix won two games. Um, yeah, but they won two games at home. Yeah, it was two-two. It was two, two. It was a two-two series. Yes, but then, what I'm saying then, is, what I'm saying is, you never been down two games to one going into game four on the road with a team who, at that point, is going to punch you in the mouth twice. Mm-hmm. So they've already punched what, you in the mouth twice. They punched you away in the mouth of the crib and back at the crib. That's what I'm saying. Crib, so, they play, wherever we go, you get punched in the mouth. Bop, bop. Exactly. So you can't let that a team full of underdogs get that type of confidence because they're going to come into game four smelling blood. They're going to be going to try to go up 3-1 to go, go back to Denver so they can finish it. Even if Denver finishes uh, game five, they're going to try to come back for game six and win it in Miami. Don't let Miami go up 2-1. I'm not saying this. Must win oh, like Boston, level. Don't let us win one. <laughs> no, but I'm not saying. But I'm not saying that. That was funny, must. man. I'm mad that we didn't we didn't get the pod while they was doing that goofiness. They down yeah. three zero. Talking about don't let us win one. Uh, and, the, and then how you get blown out of game seven? Like, got you. Crazy. They didn't get blown out. They got the tires blown off. So I'm saying, like, so uh, all the games you gonna mess up like that? Like you crazy? Well, I mean, I mean, yes, Tatum got hurt. Tatum's ankle. R.I.P. Tatum's ankle. Well, come on, Jalen Brown's handles. Just, they they back in uh they back in Preschool. California. Yeah, he, he definitely his, his handles is his handles is shot. They had him out there. Look, I, you know what? I ain't gonna do that because that's not fair. I'm gonna leave it alone. But yeah, his handles was, look. He was an apple turnover. He was an apple turnover. Yo, his his handle looked terrible. I mean, this is crazy. He was definitely an apple turnover. He was. Whoop, whoop. Oh, he got the ball. Let's go. You going the other way? It was some of that going on. But, again, the issues that I've had with Boston, they, they just come to light. Like, you know, me being a Lakers fan, it's tough to just sit there and point at them and not sound like I'm not being objective about it, but it's just the truth. Marcus Smart, you start him. As long as you got him starting, you're going to suffer some consequences. Mm-hmm. You know? he he. For everything good he brings – he also has that ability to just tip the skip. It's almost like the Draymond effect. You really got to meter how long you have them available to have an impact before that impact is negative. Okay, so some let me players ask are this. just like that. Do what do you do with? Do you continue to keep Brown and Tatum? I mean, from a financial perspective, the answer is no. From a mm-hmm. winning perspective, the answer should be yes. Because that team has produced you a trip to the finals and two conference finals. Uh-huh. More than that, actually. But that's just in the past three years. So you got a team where you don't have the assets that you had when you got Tatum available for you to say, all right, well, we could just go find somebody new and young. Or we can go swing the fences and take these two players and get a draft pick and, and develop him. Tatum's timeline is now. Now he's about to enter his prime. So what are you going to do? You're going to mess it up and go get a whole bunch of old veterans who you go that route. We know how this plays out. We know how this plays out. And most of us still aren't convinced that Tatum and Brown together are really a duo because they don't play off of each other. Like it's the most disgusting thing to see. You have two wing players and I've never seen a play where you have them go two, two, what what is, what is, what is Brown? What is Brown? The three? Sometimes the three, the three or the two, whatever. So they, they don't have a they don't have a Brown Tatum pick and roll play, which is crazy. They don't have they don't have a Brown Tatum dribble handoff. 
Because yes, they... yes what? No, I no no, I agree. I'm just it's, it's to me, you have to have at least one or two to figure out if it even works. You're not even trying it. When it's just like when Tatum one the ball, I'm gives Brown the a, when Tatum gives Brown an assist, it's a swing swing. Yeah. So somebody's rotated off and Brown's the open guy. So Facts. it's a read. It's not a Yo, I'm gonna come down the court. You stand on this side. I'm gonna make them come to me. You you gonna get the ball. And I'm not saying that's the best way and the only way to play basketball because I don't no. want to make it seem like I'm an advocate for some type of you know like this is not an old head. Oh, y'all gotta play this way in order to win type of argument. I'm trying nah. to have. It's just I'm saying when you have two great players who are great offensively. Yeah, two All NBA players. And they're not that's both mutually occupying the defense and putting pressure on the defense together. Then I don't mm-hmm. think you're taking advantage of your talent, and that's that's what I think is happening in Boston. I yeah. think there's a situation where their talent is not being properly exploited on offense. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But again, if they had the defense that they had last year, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That defense gave them a puncher's chance against Golden State, who we know is one of the best offensive teams in NBA history. Period. That franchise. Mm-hmm. You better be able to like the scoreboard when you play them. And then you decide to come back with a new coach, and he says, oh, we're going to focus more offense. I don't like Missoula. Really? No. I'm not sold on him. I'm hmm. not sold on him. How many – okay, how many coaches do you really think could mess up that roster with what Udoka left behind? I mean, I still don't like their roster. But I mean, but that program, that talent, that rotation, what did Missoula change? He just no, had to look for the right guys to get healthy. Yeah, I mean, I feel And he like... was also on that staff, too. So it's not like no, he, he doesn't was. know these guys. Yeah, yeah. so. I, I totally agree with that. We're not dealing with, like, some guy who, like, he just met him yesterday and he got thrust into the fire. No. He was a part of building that, that archetype. That Because remember, Yudoka was only a first-year coach himself. Yeah. So that culture is only now officially two years old. And before mm-hmm. that, it was the Brad Stevens culture. And now he's the GM. And most of that roster, only people who still played, who play now, who play for Brad Stevens are Jalen Brown. I think Horford, because Horford was there during the um Well, Horford been the early days since yeah. the 60s. Right. So. And, but uh, I don't know if Robert Williams is a, is a um, I think he I came think... after Brad Stevens, or he might have been, he might have been. He he's been, that much he's been he's hurt young. so long. Who knows when that dude. That dude but might have Brown, played, Tatum, he might have played Brown, on the Tatum championship smart, team. Is Brown, Tatum, Smart, Horford, who are the core of, you know, the Brad mm-hmm. Stevens and these two new eras that have just occurred. I'm not saying that Joe Mazzula is not a good coach. I just don't think he's the right coach for that team. And there's some things that he was exhibiting as a young coach that lead me to believe that, like, who he is as a coach, it may not be able to hold the water well enough with this with this with this team. Remember, mm. most of these guys' dads is older than him. Not facts. He he's he is older. LeBron James is older than him. Correct. Actually, I think him and Jimmy Butler might. Be, they said him and J- Jimmy Butler eliminated him in college when they played against each other. Yeah, because he played for Jimmy Butler played for he Marquette pl- and um he played for West Missoula Virginia. Played for West Virginia. Which is crazy. And I don't know. And I don't know if that's West Virginia when um Bob Huggins was Huggins there. Was coach. Yeah, because I, I don't been... remember. I might have been though. Because he left Cincy to go to West Virginia. Yeah. And because uh I think Buzz Williams was the coach for Jimmy Butler. I can't yeah, remember. Marquette. He was, he was. Buzz yeah. Williams was the was the Marquette coach. That is known. Yep. So that would be that's pretty interesting. Um either way, either way you slice it. So okay, so do you feel do you give Brown and Tatum another season to figure it out, or do you say, you know what, Can let's you? go? Can I'm you? asking does, you. Does the, does the salary cap even allow you to do something like that? I think the see that's the whole. That's what I was going to go at is you cannot, in my opinion, you can't pay both of these dudes close to three hundred million dollars each, uh, and keep them on the team because you have you don't have a personnel that warrants that. You don't have a bench. You don't have any bright young players to warrant that. So I think you either go one or two reasons. I, I don't... Let me say this. I'm going to throw some names out there. 
the reality of any of them is ultra slim to none. But it depends on who the side pieces are. Obviously, most people are going to go Jalen Brown for Dame. Uh, one name that I probably would be interested to see would be Bradley Beal for uh, Brown. Beal's a little younger than Dame. The uh, scoring output. Now, granted, the Wizards don't really, I mean, they can throw in some young pieces. But, you know, that St. Louis connection, you know, the history between Tatum and. Uh, but here's the issue. Here's the issue that Boston has to deal with. They don't know if Jalen Brown wants to be there, period. I mean, I think obviously, you know, from again, but that's the, team, the whole point. If they, they have to, here's the thing Boston has a choice because they're, they've, the road is paid for Jalen Brown to leave. It's just a matter of him deciding if he wants to stay. That's literally all it boils down to. The, the future of the franchise rests on what Jalen Brown wants to do as, as a basketball player going forward with his future. Because here's what it boils down to. The Celtics are obligated to offer him an extension. That extension, the Celtics have an opportunity to decide how much they can offer him. So they can go with what he's eligible for due to the quote-unquote, you know, ceiling that he's hit with making all the NBA teams and put him in that category to earn that, what, almost $300 million deal? Is that what it is for him? Mm -hmm. Tatum's eligible for a $300 million deal. Exactly. Brown is now also eligible for one that's, like, right underneath it. Like, it's like Like $290. Right. So the fact of the matter is Boston almost has to negotiate from the front door and say, we want to keep you together, but it's under this context. And this is the contract we're willing to offer you. If Brown declines it, no matter if it's the best possible offer or offer just below it or a low ball, if he declines any of the offers that the Celtics make, they have to trade him. Oh, no, facts. But that's what I'm saying. So you trade him, but I'm asking you, where are you thinking about they're going to slide him off to? Because I don't really feel that they're going to put that much equity He's going into to those. Oh, wow. Okay. So you He's going to go to Houston. He's going to go to Houston in some form of combination of young talent and draft picks. Hmm. If Boston has to trade him, they have to trade him to where he wants to go. They have no leverage. You understand that, right? No, no I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't realize he wanted to go to Houston. He's gonna want to go play for Ime. If mm. he's gonna want to leave Boston, he's gonna go want to play for a city that he wants to be in or a coach he wants to play for. He loves Ime, and he really feels like the way that Boston handled the Ime situation, they were wrong for. And he said it openly. I'm not mm. a fan of how the franchise handled that situation. I thought it could have been done differently. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, because, but my thing is... I mean, Ime's playing with house money, too. Oh, no, fast. Because I like, I like Houston's roster. I like the young talent that they have. Can you combine it and possibly win? Eh, you know, Kevin no. Porter Jr. and Jalen Green in the backcourt together. That's a lot of scoring, but there ain't a lot of defense. No, so maybe you turn a lot one of those shots, guys though. into a defender. Maybe you could turn one of those guys into a defender. Uh, nah, maybe. I don't... I, just, I, don't, I, I mean, Jalen Green... Jalen Green would be the better defender, I think. He has... The, he has the wheels. Yeah. But we'll see. Because, you know, defensive guys starting out in their career don't necessarily get paid. You know? Um, right. So it will be interesting to see. I mean, but all the athletic guys, the ones who are the Uber jumpers, they either turn into Terrence Ross or they turn into 3 and D guys. Lonnie Walker, like all these guys, you know, like come off the bench, might give you some pop. Jump really high, give you a couple of highlights, but if they don't have a trademark skill like defense, they don't start. So, and now the NBA has marginalized the importance of the two guard position. You're better off with combo guards than you are by having a defined two guard. Who's who's the best two guard in the league right now? Mm. Damn, I gotta think about the two guards. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's two positions in the league right now that are marginalized. Two guard and power forward. Yeah. Because most of your small forwards can play power forward. Draymond Green. 
And he can go from the three all the way up to the five. So this front court versatility has kind of changed the way you look at specific positions. But if you look at where NBA teams are starting guys and putting talent, who's the top power forward in the league? You know, I mean, if you put, are you going to put Cat or Anthony Davis there? It's Anthony Davis and Giannis. Yeah, Giannis. Yo, Giannis how can I forget Giannis? Giannis, and, Giannis and yeah, Giannis. how can I forget Giannis? No, yeah. Giannis, I, I would but take Giannis because he's available. Because it's Giannis and there's nothing else. What's what's beneath Giannis at the power forward position? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and then beneath him is Cat. And, and Cat's a, not really a power forward, so we're not going to do that. Well, I'm just doing that because go That's where they're making him play. Exactly. Okay, fine. That's the only reason you wouldn't I'm going. Start, would you ever start Cat at power forward? I mean... No. No, yeah, I would. I would prefer not to, but at the same time, if you're Minnesota, you got. I'm you, not saying if you're Minnesota. I'm saying if you're a GM. in general. Oh no, in general, no. In general, exactly. no. So now let's no. back to it. So we can round it up with that. Best two guards in the league. Hmm. I'm trying to think we of some of the teams. We use Kyrie. I still consider Kyrie a point guard, but like I said, it's a combo guard, on and off guard. I mean, Bradley Beal is probably the best two guard. Okay. That, that pretty much plays pretty solid at the two, pretty more consistently. Because you want to, you, now do you put Jalen Brown in the two guard conversation? No, no. see, that's what I'm saying. I was thought, I thought they were gonna put Jalen Brown at the two, if not the, I mean the three, the three, the maybe depending on the lineup, the four. You know, Jalen um, Brown. It says maybe depending. I think on he's. The a, I think he's. A, I think he's a. I think he's a, I think he's a small guard. He's a. He's a shooter. I think guard, he's a. Ball. I think I don't even consider, that's the way I see him. I consider Tatum more of a shooting guard than Brown. I don't know. Maybe Tatum because is more of a small forward, power forward. He's a combo forward. That's why I said they marginalized. Because remember, Tatum starts at the four. Oh, see, I thought Brown started at the four. Okay, so I thought it was the other way around. Mm-mm, no, Jalen Brown does not start at no four. Mm-mm. Tatum, Tatum guards the fours. Yeah. Again, I just I thought it was the other way around. But again, Boston runs that hybrid offense where there's yeah. no power players really involved other than Horford. Nobody's uh-huh. really post up. So it's not, it's not, again, there's no power in the power forward position. And I'm not saying that to like be, you know, like, like a slogan or anything, but it's just the nature of the way the game is played. Your power forward, he does not have to be what he used to have to be. Remember, we, we just left the era where Tim Duncan mm-hmm. and before him, Carl Malone, Dirk Nowitzki, these were power forwards. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, they all did it differently. But they played that position. They started at the four. Mm-hmm. They yeah, facts, the four. Facts. There's nobody working the four Mm-mm. other than AD and Giannis. Two guys. And then when you talk two guards, look, you had to you had to say you're forcing Bradley Bill into the and Brad and no and Devin Booker. And Devin Booker. Exactly. Now, if we do top point guards, we ain't gonna have enough show left. Yeah. Oh, no, we got a laundry list. And now, and then we do centers and small forwards. Yeah. Even from the guys who, who didn't get to finish the season. You got Kawhi Leonard. What are we going to call Paul George, two guard? Maybe that'll help, that'll help stock the position a little, a little heavier if you, put your, if, you, if you say Paul George is a two guard. Because he don't play the three for, for the Clippers, does he? I think he plays the two. Yeah, if it's him and Kawhi, yeah. Well, again, they again that that's you know that that's you that's where you run into a lot of you know different different things. I don't I don't know. So to bring it all full circle, I'm a, I'm gonna leave with this note. Do you think Tyler Hero gets playing time in the finals? Because he's cleared to play. Oh, he is cleared to play. Okay, I thought yeah. he was. Uh, did they say he's gonna play for Game Three? Um, I think they he was available out. for Game Two, but they didn't put him out there. Oh, see, I, I thought he was okay. I don't know where I was reading that he was going to be available for game um, four or whatever, but maybe that was just me assuming that, that he probably wouldn't play till game four. But I could see them playing him just for a little bit of minutes in game three, just to kind of see where he's at. But I don't, I don't expect him to be starting, you know, or coming. Yeah, he's not a starter anyway, you know. You know what I'm saying? Or being the sixth man, I expect him yeah, I to I mean, light minutes. But Miami Heat culture is something different, though, man. Fact. They're the type of player, they're the type of franchise, they won't put you out there until you've passed their fitness test. Forget what the Facts. NBA fitness test or the doctor's test. 
you got to pass Miami Heat fitness test. All of the players who have been through that franchise will tell you, and, and they, they speak to that. But um, that's my thing. If Tyler Hero is able to play and be effective, I think that swings the series. Because that gives them Golly, something that Denver the series though. Yeah, Oof. because Denver because Denver doesn't have to focus on any one specific player on the perimeter for Miami. So that's kind of why their defense doesn't really get exposed in their weak spots because there's nobody on the perimeter. And they, they they really remember Devin Booker ate food mm-hmm. all series against their their two guards ate food against Denver. That wasn't mm-hmm. the problem. Denver had have no answer for him on the perimeter. Jamal Murray don't guard nobody, and there's nobody really that KCP has to go after in this series. So you put somebody out there that those guys have to pay attention to, it opens up holes in the defense. You get what I'm trying to say? So that's the point I'm talking about. Mm. If Miami can bring somebody else to the table to make Denver defend another guy, then I think that swings the series. Does that win Miami the series? No. But it definitely takes it past the six-game level. It, then it goes to a seventh game. Because this is chess. And now Denver won the first game. They're on the board. If they don't win game three, like you said, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. But on that note, we're going to wrap up tonight's episode. As always, I'd like to say thank you to our supporters, listeners, and subscribers. If you'd like to join us, you can do so by following us on any of the podcasts and hosting platforms like Spotify, Apple Music. If you locate us there, please give us a five-star review. You can reach us on email at gmail with viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com and you can tag us on social media at viewsfromtheclutch on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And on that note, I'm going to say peace. Peace.